time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Mosseller. Hey, it's another edition of the Retirement Roadmap. Walter Storholt here alongside Glenn Mosseller, financial consultant, registered financial consultant, and founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting in Greensboro, North Carolina. But you can meet with Glenn from anywhere, both in person and virtually. Just click free consultation on the bottom of the website, roadmapfinancial.com, to schedule your time to visit. Glenn, we've got a great show on the way today, the beginning of a two-part series where we're going to be talking about mastering retirement cash flow. And in part one, we're going to talk about the expenses side of the equation and the changing expenses we face. And then in part two, we'll turn our attention over to understanding the income side of this equation. So you're ready to go for our uh, first, this is our first two-part series we've done in quite a while. So I'm excited for this. Yeah, Walter, let's jump in here and let's see what we can, uh, hoping we can, uh, we can impart uh, some uh thoughts or for, or, you know, just kind of seeds, right? You know, just have people thinking about what they need to be uh, focused on when it comes to cash flow, because this is really a foundational piece of, uh, of retirement life, right? Is this, this, you know, making that transition and figuring out how you're going to have that regular cash flow and how's it, how's it going to all work? The two pieces go hand in hand, what you're spending and expenses going out of your budget and the income part coming in. And if we dramatically change either one of those, it dramatically changes our entire financial and retirement picture. So definitely important to dive into both sides of this process. We're going to explore on today's episode those many expenses in your life that could drastically change one way or another in your retirement. And so we're going to break down these expenses a little further to see which one should be your top priorities and analyze some of the other factors that might impact your cash flow in retirement. So uh, first of all, it's it's kind of just a big list of things to work through here, Glenn, but I know that there's going to be something in here that perhaps one of our listeners has overlooked in their own retirement preparation or planning, and so this might make a couple of light bulbs go off for various folks. So what are some of the expenses that might drastically change in retirement for your clients? Can you kind of take us through the big ticket items? Well, sure. I mean, let's. I mean, well, let's let's do that. Well, we'll kind of hit the hit that list, and then we'll come back and spend a little time on each of them, right? So, obviously, there's uh, there's you know, there's housing. You know, a lot of people um, you may have some changes around that. Um, you know, if you're not going to work any longer, then there's certain expenses that are going to go away. Healthcare is probably going to change a bit when you when you leave the workplace. Your taxes in retirement, you know, with with different cash uh, flow sources versus just having uh, wages, uh, that certainly uh, potentially can change. And starting to tap into the retirement savings rather than adding to it is is certainly a big change, right? You go into you know your travel and leisure. You know, um, most people want to do a little bit more. Uh, you know, relaxing and doing some travel when they once they retire, and sometimes their insurance needs are going to change too. So it's it's quite a list that we that we want to we want to focus on here, Walter. And you know, we we'll spend a little time on each of them, trying to develop them and giving folks th- things to think about. All right, perfect. Well, let's dive first as we uh, look at this list. I know housing is top of mind for a lot of people, and that's why we keep it up high on our list as well. What do we need to know about housing changes? Right. Well, I mean, Walter, I mean, obviously one of the big things that, that folks think about is, is, you know, whether or not they've got their house paid off, do they have a mortgage still, you know, and certainly if they have it paid off, then that's one thing. If they don't have quite have it paid off, that's another. Typically, most folks that I that I see and work with, 
you know, are either have it paid off or they're or they're pretty far down the line once you know once we get to retirement age or close to it. And we, you know, if there's still a mortgage, then there's there's certain expenses that are there. You kind of have to factor in how much longer are you going to have those expenses, and you know, and and you know, and how long, how much longer are you going to have the mortgage? And so that can be a, that can be a number of things, right? I mean, you, if you're going to stay in the same house, then you know, you might have a certain period of time that uh, that you have before you pay it off. And then you have questions about how well, how am I going to do that? Do I just keep making the payments? Do I make a lump sum payment? or potentially you may be deciding to you know to move and that might be downsizing or just moving to a different location right maybe another city maybe some people want to go to the mountains some people want to go to the beach or different things like that maybe move closer to the kids so you know it depends upon the you know the in in relative terms you know the you know the pricing of the housing that you're moving to versus what you're leaving and then there's another piece there too, Walter. I mean, a lot of people think in terms of, well, you know, I've got to pay my house off to get rid of my mortgage payment, right? And that's, you know, that's one way of doing it. But there's also a whole nother, there's a whole nother tool in the toolbox that a lot of people, folks don't really understand it too much. And it's something that, that everybody really should at least understand how they work. And, and then you make an evaluation as to whether or not it makes sense for you or not, because it's, you know, it's a, it's a scenario where, you know, you got to figure out and understand what you're saying yes and no to. And you can only do that if you're educated about a subject. And, and what I'm talking about is a reverse mortgage, right? And some people have had really good experiences with those. Some people have heard, you know, heard different different tales. You know, you know, some good, some bad. But you know, most of the time when I ask people, you know, some details about what they know, they're lacking, right? They they don't know, they don't understand them that much. And and frankly, that's another way of potentially eliminating a, a mortgage payment without necessarily paying off the house. And and so that, that becomes pretty interesting in certain cases. Sometimes people have their house paid off and it makes sense to do a line of credit and you can actually do a line of credit with a reverse mortgage line of credit. And then it creates a whole, it actually liquefies part of your equity so that you're able to access it on a tax-free basis. And again, that, you know, it's not necessarily for everybody, but it is something at least worth understanding and knowing about. The housing equation could certainly move the needle quite a bit. So certainly one that you're going to want to talk about with everybody that comes in to meet with you, Glenn, and think people should be thinking about all the different levers they can pull on that particular category. What about the, uh, the, the, I don't know if there's a good term for this one. I'm going to call it, Glenn, the no more work stuff that is a changing <laughs> expense when we retire. Uh, you want to explain that one for us? Right. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, typically, I mean, most people are going to probably eat out a little bit more during the week, you know, if they're going to and from work. Right. They may have, you know, certain, you know, they have clothing or wardrobes, that, you know, or, or, you know, maybe a uniform. They have to buy more clothes. They have to possibly get them dry cleaned. So there's certain expenses there, not to mention the, you know, the, the car expense. Right. I mean, more pe- most people, you know, that at least that I, that I work with, you know, they, they I mean, they still have their cars, obviously, but they, they're probably not driving them quite as much. Um, as they did when they were, you know, commuting back and forth to work, right? And so, you know, there's there's a number of expenses there that are probably going to get either eliminated or reduced, you know. And then, so you want to kind of factor that in. You want to, you know, want to be kind of thinking as as we go through the list here. You know, you just kind of look at it and say, like, well, what's my situation? And you know, are there some things that I need to really, 
you know, make sure that I understand, you know, if there's certain products out there or if there's a, you know, just, you know, I, maybe you haven't looked at these expenses in, in the frame of, hey, I'm getting ready to retire. Um, what is going to change? Right. And, and a lot a lot of folks think in terms of, well, I'm not going to have that paycheck anymore. But there's a lot of times the expense side of, of the of the equation, you know, they're, they're, that's going to be moving around potentially, too. And so certainly if you're not commuting back and forth to work, you're not spending as much money on gas or, you know, the car maintenance or maybe, you know, you're not wearing the car out quite as quickly. So it means th those expenses are going to probably reduce there as well as the clothes, the eating out and everything else. I mean, it's it's you, it starts to add up. You might think, well, you know, I don't spend that much here and I don't spend that much there. But but actually, you know, when you take two or three or four things that are going to get either eliminated or reduced, you know, when you start adding those things up, they 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 add up, right? And so that's that's the key. I mean, you you want to really take a look at it and see where where you're at. All good points so far, Glenn. So we've got housing, no more work stuff that changes in a big way, and then healthcare. Um, I can see this would changing in a lot of different ways when we hit retirement. What's there to know about the healthcare portion? Right. Well, I mean, obviously, I mean, the, the big the big deal is right when you hit 65, you know, the vast majority of people are going to be are going to be accessing Medicare. Right. And, you know, so there is, you know, and, you, and again, what it's one of these things where you really need to get yourself educated, understand the process. You know, you don't want to just be totally dependent upon, you know, maybe some insurance agent out there who's, you know, just, you know, who's telling you what to do. You know, I mean, I, I think you certainly it's a good idea to work with an insurance agent, you know, but I, and I always say, you know, work with somebody who's independent, right? So they can really evaluate your, what your what your particular situation is. And so they can they can help you in that education process as well as, you know, helping you find what's right for your situation. But, you know, certainly, I mean, it, it's, you know, Medicare is a little different than what, what you're, you know, typically used to with your, you know, with the, your health plan at work, right? And there's a lot of different variations here, Walter. You know, some people continue to work for a little longer or maybe their spouse does. Maybe they stay on, you know, a plan at work or they, maybe they stay on a plan, you know, their spouse's work. Maybe one of them shifts to Medicare when, you know, when they become eligible. Maybe, maybe they're eligible, but they can potentially stay on the work plan or their spouse's work plan for a little bit longer. Some people don't realize what all the options that they have there, but certainly those expenses are going to be changing. And, you know, you don't want to just take the default and say, oh, well, I'll just keep doing this or no, hey, I've reached 65 and so I'm going to automatically go and and do you know and do Medicare I mean that might be the thing that you need to do but the you know if you're in that situation where your spouse is continuing to work or even if you're continuing to work sometimes you can come off the the, uh, the plan at work and go on to Medicare and that actually and in certain cases ends up being a, a better way of doing it in other cases sometimes it's better to stay on the one at work it, it really is it, it's it's very circumstance dependent but you got to understand what that is and then ultimately understand once you do fully transition away from any work plans that are that, that you're on you know understand the way medicare works you know medic you know there's going to be certain premiums there for medicare part b and medicare part d and you know and and without going into and spending a whole time on on all the all the ins and outs of medicare just know that those things are there however there's also a, an alternative of going to a medicare advantage or a medicare part c plan that can potentially you know really reduce some of those some of those premiums in terms of you know whether or not you have a 
uh, Medicare Part D premium to actually pay, or also in terms of you know whether or not you're going to take a Medicare supplement or whether you're going to go with the Medicare Advantage. I mean, the Medicare Part B premium is very likely going to be there regardless. However, I've seen situations where you know folks have retirement plans where they they help supplement that or take care of it. So again, your situation is going to be different than the next person, but it's it's there's a lot of moving parts there. But you got to you got to dive in and, and try to figure that out and and don't try to take shortcuts. And sometimes you think you have all the answers around it. But then it's probably a good time to, to get a second opinion and, and confirm that, maybe even a third opinion. Just make sure that, the, that you're not missing something that, that is there, because if it's outside of your awareness, you can't really make an intelligent decision about it. Another good direction, I think, to head in here, Glenn, is uh, you knew we wouldn't escape this conversation. It'd be about taxes. And when we hit retirement, our tax situation often it's assumed is going to change for in a big way from our working years. Where's the truth and, and what are the changes we experience here? Right. Well, I mean, you know, guess what, Walter? <laughs> it depends, right? Yeah. Everybody's situation's a bit different. And, um, you know, a lot of folks, you know, come in thinking it's like, well, you know, the high earners are they're probably going to have a drop in their taxes or their tax rates. And sometimes that's true. Sometimes people are unpleasantly surprised that that ended up not being as true as they thought it was going to be. Or maybe they have a situation where maybe they start drawing some money out of out of Social Security and they're and they're okay. They don't really need to draw much out of their IRAs or their 401k assets. But then they then they hit places where, you know, or the age where they've got to start taking those required minimum distributions. You know, I've seen situations where people literally were in, you know, they weren't they didn't have any federal tax liability, you know, while, you know, after they retired for a, for a number of years, but then when they transitioned to where they had to start taking required minimum distributions, suddenly it changed in a big way because the way Social Security is subject to taxation or not is based upon how much other income you have. And I've seen situations, Walter, where people's Social Security benefits were not getting taxed, but then they started taking the required minimum distributions, and suddenly they, they were hit with the taxation on those distributions, and those distributions created enough other income that all of a sudden their Social Security was now becoming subject to taxation. So they kind of got what I call a stealth tax, you know, and they kind of got a double whammy. And so if you're if you not understanding how that might work, that's something that you definitely want to be educating yourself on. And if that's not a conversation that you're having with your uh, financial advisor, that should truly be a red flag, right? Because again, it's not necessarily how much is in the account, it's how much are you going to get to keep. And what is your particular situation now and what's it going to look like in the future? And do you have an opportunity to possibly between now and, and when those required minimum distributions are going to start, do you have an opportunity to start maybe repositioning some things in such a way that you can reduce the taxation in the long run by, you know, by you know, possibly moving some money here or there, maybe doing some Roth conversions and, and looking at some other, other ways of stri- being strategic? And again, I think folks are, are familiar with, they, if they listened to us in the past, Walter, what I call tax-aware planning. Right, you want to be aware of what's you know possibly coming down the road. Certain things that are they're pretty much their certainties, and then there's the, the the future taxation rates, and those and the brackets might might be you know not not totally known. 
However, you know, the vast majority of folks that I talk to are pretty concerned about what future tax rates are going to look like based upon the debt and the deficits that the country is running now. And, you know, and the, the, everybody understands the fact that, you know, if the government has to raise more money, that it's going to come in the form of taxes in all likelihood. They don't tax people who don't have assets and who don't have income, right? The, the people who have, have the assets and have the income are the ones who are going to be paying the taxes. So you got to really be aware of that. And if it's going to be one of your largest expenses, you want to try to strategize and put yourself in the best position you can. Another good point on that front, Glenn. So we've talked about housing, how you just don't have that work stuff anymore, the ways that healthcare and taxes change. And something else that's often overlooked, I think, Glenn, and as people don't, maybe a little bit of a light bulb moment goes off, you know, you're used to putting away money into retirement during your working years. But then you retire and perhaps one of your biggest budget items all of a sudden um, disappears. Well, that's exactly right, Walter, right? I mean, when you retire, I mean, the vast majority of people are not going to and, and probably are, are, are not eligible to put money into retirement accounts. There are some situations where if your spouse is continuing to work, maybe you could, right? But, you know, for, for a large number of people, you know, once they pull, that, pull the, the ripcord there and say, okay, I'm, I'm retired, well, you know, they're not going to be putting that money away for retirement. They're more likely going to be taking money out of the accounts instead of putting money in. So, you know, if you have a certain budget of, hey, I've got to put, I'm putting this much, you know, per year or, you know, you know, for, you know, a month or pay period or whatever, however you've budgeted it out, you know, to put into retirement accounts. Well, guess what? I mean, that expense is no longer there. I mean, it's not really any expense, but it is a, it's an impact on your monthly cash flow, which is really what we're talking about, right? I mean, you're putting, you're taking it from, you know, if you're, if you're putting it into a retirement account, you're taking it out of one, you know, either, you know, either one account or money that could potentially go into an account and you're, and you're redirecting it into another one. But once you retired, then I guess that, that, that money's just not going into, or new money's not going into that account or those accounts by, by contributions of, of, of new earnings. You're really just in that place where you're either going to start taking money out or you're going to be strategizing about when you're going to start tapping into that. So that, that budget item or that, that monthly cash flow item is really going to come off the list. So, you know, that, that again is, is one of those things where it's like, huh, well, if I was putting several hundred dollars, you know, several hundred dollars or maybe, you know, you know, thousand or more, you know, into retirement accounts, suddenly you're not doing that. And again, that shifts the, that shifts, you know, where everything is and how much you may actually need to, uh, to live the lifestyle that you want to have in retirement. All right, we can move on from retirement savings to then travel and leisure. So we headed in a kind of a probably a positive direction in the one side. Maybe we then go back in a little bit more heavily weighted direction in this category. Yeah. Well, you know, as they say, Walter, you know, when once you retire, every day is Saturday, right? <laughs> and we we <laughs> tend to spend a lot of money on Saturdays. Yeah. Well, that's just it, right? I mean, I have I have had that conversation with I don't know how many people. It's like you know, well, I'm not going to spend as much, you know, once I retire. And I well, we go, kind of go back to that no more work stuff we were talking about earlier. You know, I mean, there's going to be certain certain um, things that you don't spend money on anymore, but there's always the yin and the yang, right? And then if you've got more spare time, then when you have spare time, that's when, you know, folks tend to spend more money, right? 
And so then that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just something that you need to be aware of, right? And, you know, you need to make sure that you are, you know, staying within, you know, what, you know, the parameters of what you've set out as a plan. And if you don't have a plan, you certainly need to be thinking in terms of, hey, I've got to get something in place. So I, so I have, you know, kind of a roadmap, so to speak, as to, you know, to get from here to there and make sure that, you know, you're not, you're not uh, spending your resources too quickly. But, you know, more often than not, you know, I mean, have the conversation with folks, you know, when they're getting ready to retire, you know, they, they want to have a, you know, they want to take some trips, right? And it's just like, you know, when they first retire, they, they want to, they want to do a little bit more. And then, you know, maybe they don't take as many of those, those larger trips, you know, later down the line, you know, maybe they, you know, they, they do a, you know, quite a bit up front and maybe then they take a little bit of a break and then they, and then they, go, and then they revisit that. But again, it's it's that thing you want to be budgeting for, and you know, if with you know, it, it's and it can be it can be something like like I say, big trips, or it could be just you know deciding to do other things, you know, you know, staying close to home. But you, you, everybody's got different ways that they want to they, they want to have their quote unquote their travel and leisure budget. But it's probably going to expand, you know, when when you retire, and it, and it's likely to expand even more than you originally thought. Particularly if you're not, you know, kind of keeping yourself in check. So make sure that you have a plan in place, and and uh, and don't let that get get you know get out of hand on you know with with your budgeting and, and your and your normal cash flow. All right, one more category to cover here, Glenn, and that would be insurance. Where does that fit into our changing expenses conversation? Right. Right, Walter. Well, I mean, you know, again, I mean, you, you, um, you know, if you're going into retirement, you know, a lot of people have had disability insurance, right? You know, that, you know, to protect them if something happened to them while they were working, right? And so that's that's not going to be there any longer, right? If if you're, you know, that that's just an expense that completely drops off. You know, some people have, you know, have have kind of budgeted things in terms for life insurance, you know, and and it's like they they had a plan that's like, well, once I reach retirement. You know, I'm gonna eliminate that expense, and so sometimes that's a good idea. Sometimes it's not. I mean, that's a whole different conversation. However, that said, you know, I mean, there's you know, there's there's the the element of making decisions, or maybe you know, looking at you know past you know past plans, you know, or or future plans. Maybe you don't. Maybe you're maybe you're gonna eliminate something there. It's possible that you're gonna add to something there that you know that you hadn't really thought about because you know one of the risks in retirement is. Um, um, that's that's not really there in in a, in in a meaningful way, at least for most people. And that is is you know what's going to happen if you ended up needing you know having a long term care event for either you or your spouse, right? And so it's possible that you know that you you know you, you're going to have you know some risk there, and you have to make a decision. You know, are you going to put something in place to hedge against that? And there's a variety of different ways of doing that. There are a number of, of uh, financial products or insurance products out there that um that have the, that can really do multiple jobs right i mean they can create you know some of them create a uh, you know a, an income stream and then possibly increase that income stream if you needed to go into the uh, nursing home and so under certain circumstances there's also certain life insurance uh you know types of policies if they're structured properly that they can give a you know chronic illness rider that can give you hedges against uh, long-term care too so it's you know it's possible that it's maybe it's a reduction in in monthly cash flow it's also possible that maybe it's an increase or, or maybe that increase is just for a, for a short you know time frame maybe for a, for a few years because it's possible to fund a policy for a few years and then it's and then it's be fully funded and then you're and you put a plan in place there's all different kinds of possibilities there Walter but it's you know it's something again that you want to explore 
and understand what you're doing, what you're saying yes to, and what you're saying no to, and you know, and and making sure that you're understanding that it's like you really need to address it, and don't just just take the default answer. Yeah, you know, right. I mean, make sure that you understand, you know, that hey, you know, what what's available there. You know, maybe in the past you've thought, well, I haven't really worried about that. I've kind of, um, well, maybe I've worried about it a little bit, but I, I haven't found anything that I've, I'm really interested in there because I think it seems to be too expensive. Well, there's, you know, there's, there's, you know, if you think, you know, insurance is expensive, so there's try on long-term care, right? I mean, so again, I'm not necessarily advocating that everybody go out there and get a long-term care policy, but I am, I am saying that you, you want to understand what your choices are and, and seeing what kind of products are out there that maybe can do multiple jobs for you that can provide long-term care if needed. And if not, if you didn't need it, then, then it's still, it still either goes for your benefit or you can pass on to your heirs. So again, it's something to, to consider and think about. All right, Glenn, that's been great feedback so far, and I think now we can turn the conversation just a little bit, and as we assess our retirement expenses, I think it can be helpful to break things into kind of two categories from all the things that we've just addressed. Uh, We've got our have-tos and our want-tos. How do these haves and wants typically work out for your clients? Are they pretty universal, or does, uh, or does it your favorite phrase? It depend from person to person, or is this kind of a thing <laughs> where most people fit into these uh, into these brackets? Well, let's put it this way, Walter. Yes, it does depend, right, on on who we're talking to and what their situations are. But that said, everybody. You know, and then, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a real, you know, universal quantifier, right? But I mean, I mean, I, there's nobody that I've ever met that didn't have some things on the list of have tos and some things on want tos, right? I mean, there's, you know, there's certain things that you have to have, right? You have to have housing, you have to have healthcare, you have to have food and groceries, right? You have to be able to, to, you know, get to where you need to go. There's certain transportation and, and so forth that that's, that's definitely going to be there for, you know, for everybody, right? And then the you know the want tos. Well, I mean everybody has want tos. I mean, but the 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 thing is, is some people's want tos are much greater than you know than than other folks, right? And sometimes even their even their have tos might be you know bigger, depending upon what they've earned and what the lifestyle that they're that they're used to, right? But but when we really move to those want tos, and you know we we look at the travel and leisure, you know things that you know that you know that you that you just want to do, right? I mean you maybe you want to maybe you want to give some give some more gifts or you know do some things for the kids and grandkids or make some additional donations maybe uh, maybe you're wanting to you know maybe you you know you've been working so hard and you know you may take some take some vacations or maybe you just want to just be able to to go to some plays and do more things or you know that are in even in your hometown but you just haven't haven't availed yourself to it because you've just been so busy right or maybe you maybe there's certain renovations that you want to do to your house right it's like you just maybe you've decided that you want to stay in your house but in order to stay there you really like to you know like to change some things well, again, I mean, it's like those are, you know, are those are those have tos or, or or want tos? You know, sometimes, you know, there's, there are a few things that are have tos, right? I mean, maybe like you have a you have a roof or something like that or, a, you know, an HVAC unit. But there's also, you know, folks want to redo bathrooms and kitchens and things like that. And so you have to, you know, figure out, you know, well, you know, how are you going to budget for that? You know, you're going to do it all in one fell swoop. Or are you going to do it in stages? You know, and and, you know, and, and there's there's a, there's a lot of questions there. Right. But, you know, again, it's just, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, sorting that out and having that conversation with 
you know, with your advisor as well as, as well as, you know, it's like if you're a married couple or, you know, you have a significant other, you know, you want to, you want to kind of have those, those conversations. You want to make sure that everybody's on the same page because it's, it's real easy to get, to get, um, you know, you know, things, you know, kind of dis, disjointed. And then, and then sometimes if things are disjointed or you're not on the same page, you know, misunderstandings and, you know, misunderstandings lead to difficulties and sometimes arguments and fights and things like that. You certainly don't want to have that. You want to, you want your retirement to be as, is the enjoy most enjoyable time of your life, right? It's like it's like the 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 permanent the permanent vacation, if you will, right? So you you really want to try to get get every get all your ducks in a row and do all the things that you need and want to do, but you've got to you know think think of it in real realistic terms too, and so you just kind of chunk those things down and, and kind of make you know kind of subdivide those lists and in that into the have tos and want tos. Well, besides what we've covered so far, Glenn, which has been a pretty extensive list, let's zoom out a little bit more and see what other factors start contributing to cash flow, uh, cash flow problems in retirement for folks, more than just these expenses. Right. Well, Walter, I mean, you got to think in terms of, I mean, if you're, I mean, you're, you've, you've spent your entire life, you know, and, and, you know, in your working years where you, you know, in order to have the cat monthly cash flow, you've, you, you know, you've traded in some way. I mean, you've been trading your time for, you know, for income, right? And so, you know, and, and that, and that's no longer going to be the case, right? You're going to, you're going to then move to a scenario where your past work is going to be providing your, you know, your income, whether it be, you know, money that you put into the social security system through the FICA taxes, or maybe there's pensions there that uh, you and your employer, you know, uh, contributed to, or, you know, if you've got, uh, you know, you got, you know, other retirement accounts, right? So, you know, you, you got, now that's, now that money's got to last, right? And so it's just like, how long is it going to last? You know, well, you know, you've got to make sure that it's going to be for there for you for the, you know, for the rest of your life and, and, you know, and your spouse, right? So, you know, that's, you know, if you're, if you're retiring around 60, you know, I mean, you got to figure, you know, how long, how long are you going to live? Well, nobody really knows for sure, but it's probably best to be thinking in terms of, you know, maybe 20, 30 years, you know, for, you know, when you, when you, particularly when you're thinking about a married couple, I mean, chances are well, at least one of you is going to probably live that long. And so, you know, is, is your, is your money going to last that long? Do you have a plan in place that's going to be able to, you know, to, to, you know, to be there to provide you for that? And, you know, and then how do you, you know, how are you going to put that in place? You know, do you have a pension or, you know, maybe it's an idea to, to take some of your retirement assets and create your own private pension. You know, a lot of people don't even realize that they can do that. So it's, you know, again, I mean, you, you've got to think in terms of there's, there's that longevity question. And, you know, as, 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 um, as people get older, you know, and then time goes on, technology and medicine keeps getting better and better. And we have people living longer and longer. And, and so it's, uh, you, you, you got to make sure that, that your money's going to last. That's a great point. Uh, last thing for, I think, today's um, conversation. Well, I mean, you mentioned longevity, I guess, there, but m maybe we've got a few others to tick through here. Uh, what about inflation? That comes to mind, especially after the last year or so. Well, yeah, right. I mean, it's, it's, been, it's been very prevalent. It's been in the news, and it's also been in your pocketbook, right? You know, it's just like one of those, you know, I think it was Ronald Reagan, they called it a silent tax, right? It's, it's like, it just, it just, you know, consumes your dollars, right? So you have to kind of factor that in. Do you have, a, do you have built into your plan a way of being able to have increasing income through time? 
You know, I mean, you know, there are their cost of living, you know, you know, increases, you know, there. There's a number of different ways to do that with retirement income planning. You know, some things have that built in. You know, there's a little bit there with uh, with Social Security. There, there tends to be, you know, over time there there's there's cost of living increases. Some pensions have that. You know, most pensions I've seen don't. They they stay level the whole time. You know, so you have to kind of make sure that you know is is you know as as time goes on that you know you have a way to have your in you know your income be you know continuing to increase you know if, you, if you're particularly if you're wanting to maintain the same lifestyle so you got to factor that in for sure i've got inflation and then investment returns would also be something that's a little bit different than the expenses conversation but changes your cash flow uh situation it can, right, Walter? I mean, we always talk about, you know, that you have the accumulation years and then you have the preservation and distribution years, right? And you got to be really careful that, you know, if, you, if you're if moving into those uh, preservation and distribution years, i.e. retirement, that, you know, you, you, know, you don't want to be fully dependent upon the, you know, the markets continuing to always go up because that's not how it works, right? They, 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 move, they, they move up and then they contract and they move up again and then they contract. I mean, it's, it, there's economic cycles, right? And if you're drawing all, you know, if you're drawing all of your income from variable accounts, you know, you might be in a, in a very difficult situation down the road, depending upon your, your, your quote unquote sequence of returns, right? And that's a, that's a, um, that's a you know, fancy term for basically saying that, you know, that, that it matters, you know, when the markets go up versus when they go down, when you're drawing money out. And I think people can understand that is a, there's a two-sided, uh, you, know, you know, coin here, right? Where is, you know, when folks are putting money away in the mar- you know, for retirement and they're saving for retirement, everybody's heard of the, you know, or vast majority of people anyway have heard of the, the concept of dollar cost averaging. Right. You know, when you keep putting money in through time and sometimes the markets are high, sometimes they kind of level out, sometimes they drop. Well, you know, when they drop, it's one of the biggest buying opportunities because you're getting you're able to buy more at lower prices. Right. With the same amount of money going in to your retirement accounts. However, that that completely goes on the other other side of the coin when you when you go to retire. Right. So when you're having to draw money out you know, for cash flow, and you're having to do that when, you know, the, the, the value of your account may be down because the, the market's turned down, well, then all of a sudden you have reverse dollar cost averaging. And depending upon your tax situation, I mean, you may have to be taking that money out and then getting taxed on it on top of that, and then there's no way for that money to recover like it used to be able to when you didn't take it out. So, you know, and, and you're certainly not adding to it with, with new contributions. So you got to be, you got to be aware of that. I mean, everyone wants to see, you know, um, in, you know, returns over time in their accounts. But again, you know, I mean, there's a, there's this thing that we call, you know, um, retirement diversification, right? And one of those things is, is, you know, time diversification and setting your money into, you know, what we call different buckets, right? You maybe you have the, the now bucket where you need, need the money over the next, you know, the next, you know, six months to a year and the soon bucket, which is maybe a year to five years. The later bucket, when you you know you're you're you know you know that that money can be out there for a longer period of time, you don't need to touch it, and maybe you know that can that can go you know with more of the, with the market cycles. But you know in those first two buckets, you know the the now and the soon. I mean, you you want to make sure that that those are going that that money is going to be reliable, and you're going to be able to able to draw that out when you need it, and it's not going to be a situation where you were planning on you know X and it, and it ended up being Y and Y being a lower number. Now you're now all of a sudden you're having to contract your uh, your lifestyle and also worry about whether or not your money's going to last. 
Yeah, that's a great point, too. So longevity, inflation, investment returns. Last but not least, we've got uh, that emergency uh, kind of situation that can pop up in retirement, and that could cause a big cash flow problem. Right, right. Well, I mean, everybody should have an emergency fund or access to capital, right? And there's a variety of ways of doing that. I mean, you can have money set aside in like, a, you know, just like a, you know, a money market or a savings account. You know, some people set it, you know, set it up in a, you know, in a, in a, in a scenario where they've got, they've got access to capital, you know, in certain types of, um, you know, uh, insurance products or the possibility, maybe they, maybe they're, you know, their, their home equity is going to act like, you know, as part of a, an emergency fund. Maybe they, maybe they have a, you know, a home equity line of credit or possibly a reverse mortgage line of credit, where it's just like they could potentially tap into, you know, those things, you know, and if there was, if there was emergency that that they needed that that they couldn't cover with their with their normal you know regular cash flow it's a similar you know dilemma that you have when you're in your working years i mean everybody should have a an emergency fund of of you know of some sort but you know there's you know potentially different other you know ways in retirement that, that you actually have a few more options for you know for those emergency funds that you may not have had in, in your working years just because of you know the you know where you are in life and your and your age and what what's what's available to you and under certain circumstances you know as far as a certain financial products so you want again you want to be become educated so you know what what your options are and what and again what you're saying yes and what you're saying no to and sometimes you're saying no to something just by default because you didn't you know it's outside of your awareness and if you if you don't know about something and you might you might say you know hey that's attractive I'd like to learn more about that well if you don't know about it then you're and, and you and you and you basically done nothing with it you're saying no to it just by default and you don't want to be in that situation you really want to understand what your choices are because so many people are in that place where they have they have you know, a number of things that are outside of their awareness and they could they could potentially position themselves to be in a much stronger place in those retirement years and it's i always look at it it's like you're better off having more choices than fewer choices yeah, that's a great point, Glenn. And last but not least, how does your process, uh, th- when you pay- take people through planning, Glenn, help clients manage all these different things that we've covered on today's show and create consistent cash flow? What's what's different about the way that you approach this versus somebody just kind of going at it alone? Right. Well, I mean, that's just it, right? Walter, I mean, we, we, we go through a process, you know, it's typically going to be a number of meetings, you know, for us to get to know each other. Right. I'm going to have certain, a lot of questions about, you know, you know, basically understanding who you are and what your desires are. I mean, that's 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 the first thing that's the most important. Right. I mean, you, what you've saved and the resources and assets that you have are very important. However, it, they're only important in, in the in the context of who you are and what you want them to do for you. Right. So we need to spend some time together understanding, you know, each other and, you know, you understanding me as an advisor and me, you know, and and um, and me understanding you as, as, you know, as what you're wanting to accomplish and what you want your retirement to look like. And then we, you know, all a lot of these things we would went through all these lists, right, Walter? It's just like of all the questions, and you know, making sure you understand what your choices are, and what you know, what you're saying yes, and what you're saying no to. Again, we we go through a, a process, and part of that process is you know, is questions and answers, and you know, and, and it's it's really an educational process too, and and you know, having people understand you know things. There's I, mean, I, I can't think of a of any situation where 
you know, I've really sat down with people, particularly if it's gone, you know, for, you know, a, a series of meetings where, you know, we've, we've, we've uncovered at least one, you know, or possibly multiple things where people either didn't know anything about it, or maybe they knew a little bit, but didn't know enough, or maybe they had some misconceptions. So, you know, it's, we, we really try to, you know, dig in deep and, 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 and have, and make sure that you know what, you know, what's going on. And we, I look at it as, as it's a team effort, right? It's not, you're not looking for an advisor to just tell you what to do. You're looking for an advisor to work with you as a teammate and understand who you are and what you want and making, and then it's their job to make sure you understand what your options and choices are. And then if you, if you have both of those things in place though, well, then you have, then you have the possibilities of, of being able to, you know, to put together a, a plan that can last through time, not only in making sure that your money lasts, but also making sure sure that you're going to be comfortable with it and you're going to and you're going to keep your plan in place. Well, all great uh, pieces of information, I think, to share with listeners on today's show, Glenn, and it's been very helpful to have you walk through all of this with us. Uh, don't forget, on the next episode, it'll be part two of this conversation. Great setup today on the expenses side. We'll dive a little bit deeper into that planning process and into the income side of the equation next time around. In the meantime, if you have any questions or want to set up a time to visit and meet with Glenn to talk about your financial situation and how to put together that plan that addresses not only these expenses, but the income part that we're going to talk about in the next episode as well, pick up the phone, give Glenn a call. You can dial 336-291-3535 and get a free consultation. That's 336-291-3535. Or you can go online to roadmapfinancial.com and click the free consultation button to visit as well and schedule your time to meet. Well, Glenn, thanks for your help on the episode today. We'll see you for part two. All right, Walter. Take care. That sounds good. This has been the Retirement Roadmap. We'll see you next time. 